Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who are slightly depressed at the moment but are continuing to talk about everything Essendon Football Club. My name is a very dejected Grant and with me is an equally dejected Scott. Hello, everyone. This is one of the toughest shows <laughs> you would ever want to do. Uh, that was obviously not the greatest spectacle to watch. Uh, it was crap, Scotty. Yeah. It was crap, mate. Uh, you know what? I If we're going to go straight into it, right, It's I've, I found this show to be one of the hardest to talk about because I felt like I've had my moments – probably the last seven or eight weeks where I've, I've talked about concerns with the club uh, and I've raised issues, uh, made statements and, and that sort of thing. And and obviously I acknowledge that we're a fan podcast and some people, you know, might feel like we're a little bit on the armchair critics and, and, and hopefully you know us well enough to know that we're passionate Essendon fans and, and actually, you know... It, in many ways, I'm a little bit of an optimist, if I'm being honest. But uh, obviously, once again, we're not going to make the finals. Um, everyone can have their say about what's, what's, why that is and people might list injuries and, and, and other things. But uh, I, for me, think there's something deeper, uh, much deeper than that with, with the Essendon Football Club that needs to be addressed quite significantly uh, and I don't feel like I'm overreacting, uh, to be blunt. Uh, and look, today, what I thought I would do is have a whole segment, which you're going to have in the next probably 15, 20 minutes, of hearing from other people that have high credibility, whether at the football club, whether in the industry. Uh, so you're going to hear from the likes of Matthew Lloyd. You're going to hear from the likes of Ron Connolly, from Adam Rabinaskis from Tim Watson, from Terry Wallace, and I'm also going to start off with even our own coach, John Worsfold, because uh, I think that's a good way to start about his thoughts. And and um, and for me, what it was was just, uh, as much as we're a fan podcast, and I know people at the club, some people at the club listen to our show, uh, I think we need to understand that people of who really understand the game well um, know the industry well and know the club, know the club well, um, have a lot of concerns. Uh, I could tell you a whole lot of stuff that I get off, off the side and, and it doesn't scratch a surface on, on these guys too. So there's genuine concerns around this football club about how it's operating uh, and the lack of improvement uh, and lack of consistency uh, and but it's best to start almost like a little bit of a story today and and having first John Worsfold um, speak about uh, what he thinks. And, you know, he, he's obviously heard some of the critics and he's had his own uh, thoughts on that. So, look, I'll, I'll start off with John Worsfold, um, probably just a little bit about the, the critics that uh, have been sort of hard on on Essendon and and his view on that and then after that I'll, I'll also play a, a worse fold uh clip from yesterday after the game so two little grabs here and and we can discuss that as an initial starting point some comments from people that are pretty well respected people in the footy industry and they sound like six-year-old kids 
look, it's a bit embarrassing to read what some people say, but that, that it's a passionate game. I, I get that, and they write stuff. And um, but we're going to stick the course, and we're going to be a very good team very quickly. There is a gap between where we're at and the top sides. I think most, not many people said that we were going to be a top four team this year. So when we get our group together, um, we're going to grow pretty quickly on that. There's a gap that, it's not going to take years to close that gap. We'll be able to close it once we get the team a bit more cohesion, playing, you know, this is a new style of footy that they're learning. If they commit to it and work hard at it over a full pre-season again, the improvement will close the gap um, dramatically. So I guess... This is where the conundrum, I guess, uh, probably happens with the message that John Worsfold is is trying to sell um, to its members and, and stakeholders to, I guess, the feedback that was coming back today where he believes that they are on the right track, um, that Essendon is not far away at all um, from, uh, from becoming, you know, a, a top four um, side and he, he even mentioned liking him the team to be like Geelong in two or three years time and uh and you know I, I'm not going to say too much on that I might leave a little bit of my comments at the end I don't know if Grant if you want to say or do I just keep going on and, and just hearing <laughs> oh mate look you, you were doing a good job there um look uh we've heard that before Scott um, from Wusha. One minute it's patience. The next minute is we're going to be very good very quickly. Um, I'm not, I mean, John's an incredibly uh, polished AFL uh, media performer, right? He is. It's one of the main reasons why we got him over to the club. He's very polished. But his messaging is just wrong, right, to the, to the, to the supporters. Now, I want to back up something you said earlier in that we are – a pair of Essendon supporters, first, second, and third. Like that, first and foremost, second and third, we are Essendon supporters, right? So all of this stuff that's coming out of my head and Scott's head right now is coming from a place of a supporter, a bloke who buys his membership, or two blokes that buy their memberships every year that would be sat rain, hail, or shine at every ground we can get our hands on and watching the, and the boys play. Love this club. Absolutely love this club to death, right? Have for the better part of 40 years. So when I say that, I'm sure John's intentions are well-meaning and I'm sure that in in his head he believes what he's saying and that's cool, right? Yep. But it ain't what we're seeing. The We've just gone through an another entire AFL season with no signs whatsoever of improvement. Now, again, we've only just got Dyson's back. We've lost um, Stringer for Cindersmosis. We only just got Joe back. We only got Jimmy Stewart back. Um, we haven't had Connor all year. All these things, right? You take them into account and you must. But unfortunately, the likes of Parrish and Shield and... Um, those guys and, and and we haven't seen the improvement in the midfield. That's required. And sorry, that's required to be a top. That's presenter. required, right? So, so that like during the year we haven't seen the kind of improvement and the effort that we are going to need. Geez, just from a supporter's point of view, we know we're going to need to have that kind of effort, the kind of effort we did against Collingwood. 
consistently every week so that when Dyson comes back in and when J- uh, Jakey Stringer comes back in and when Joey comes back in, they are just cream on the top of a well-performing team yeah. who's learning, who's showing signs and doing things on a consistent basis. But John's message that we're just going to, we're going to be very good very quick, we're going to be very good very quick, it is absolutely in the opposite direction of what you're showing us, uh, John. We're finishing what? We could finish 13th or 12th or whatever the hell this year. It's worse than last year. Yeah. But that's- now, I understand I understand that we've we've got uh, a weird season this year and everybody's had to deal with a weird season and stuff. But at some stage, and I understand that John's job is to manage the media, part of his job is to manage the media, and the club has to manage the messaging coming out of the club. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But my problem with that and listening to that clip is – I bet you a million bucks. And I know this because I get emails and messages and stuff from Facebook going, why the hell grant does the club sound like they're not being truthful? Because Scotty makes a really good point. I'll wrap it up because this podcast could go on for two hours, right? Scotty makes a really good point to me one time is that now we've had Xavier Campbell on this podcast. He's genuinely regarded as one of the better CEOs in the comp. He was offered the head of the AFL gig and turned it down. So Xavier as a CEO, no problems, mate. We have no problems with you whatsoever. Right up until you compare what would happen if Eddie Maguire or Jeff Kennett had to put up with what we've been putting up with as a club. Eddie would be fuming. He'd be on the television reassuring his rabid Collingwood supporters that this is unacceptable. It is unacceptable, and I will be discussing with the football department what is going on, and we will fix this in quick time. Jeff Kennett would be on the front foot hitting cover drives left and right. This is the only thing that I don't like, and it's just illustrated in that comment from the club. It's just a grab for the media so that they can finish the day and go home and not have to and not have to deal with hard questions. That's what it feels like. So from a point, supporter's point of view, we love the club. We, we're very happy with to be supporters of the Essendon Footy Club. But damn, you're making it hard at the moment because yeah. the club's reaction to these kind of performances is not matching your supporter base the way we feel. What would be nice is that if you got the president, the CEO, and the head coach is head coaches together and just came out and said, Bomber fans, just do it from uh, the the hub or from fly everybody back to Tuller and do it there. But just stand in front of the Premiership Cups and say, Bomber fans, we appreciate this ain't good enough. We appreciate it's not good enough. Now, just a quick one before I do wrap up, and I apologize. To the people that abused Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody about him making a bad decision early in that game, cut your membership cards up and jump off a cliff because that is the that is some of the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life for a bloke to have to change his Twitter and put out an apology from bungling one handball with the way that guy works is just ridiculous. So I just want to say that it's past we're going to be good. It's past we're going to be good. You have to come out now, Essendon, and say, this is not acceptable. We're going to do something about it. And here's what we're going to do because Essendon fans are too passionate to put up with, like I said, in the the Patreon episode, if this was some busted ass football club, 
that just finished down the bottom of the ladder all the time and we don't care if it was bloody Frio or some poxy club like that, I'd accept this. Not this club. No way. Not Essendon. Not my club. We are too big. We are too good to put up with this. We're about to do a show very soon about the 2000 Premiership. It's unacceptable that this club is putting out these kind of performances when you can look back at a 2000 Premiership side like that. Yep. Different teams, different times, but I understand it's just not acceptable. So there has to be something different said and then done. So there we go. That was the <laughs> Michael Holding MCG long run up with the gold chain bouncing on the thing. And I shall be now much more calm. Thank you, Scotty. <laughs> well, there you go. I was not expecting the next 10 minutes to be to be there. But I appreciate it. It's about time you had the rant and I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, and, and you're right. And, and you know, with, with Wush's comments, um, my only comment will be before I go to the, one of the clips is, uh, and this is going to be the probably the most harshest thing I've probably said all year, uh, I actually think it's cowardly by the club to roll this guy out to be the spokesman of our club. Uh, when we've sacked him, and let's be honest, if we're all being honest, he's got two weeks to go and this guy's answering for our future on a sacked yeah. coach with two weeks to go. Like, seriously, uh, I like it, my own pride, if I was truck, I'd be like, oh, forget this. Like, I've got to speak to the members because uh, we can't have that. Like, uh, I've got to let them know, hey, I've got this. Uh, I know what I'm doing. There will be changes uh, and, and we've got a CEO who's gone quiet for 10 weeks. I mean, he did his Herdy podcast and we said, how great was that? Awesome. It's been donuts since. And, and we've been losing six of the last, what, seven or something like that. Yep. Uh, and we've got an incoming president. Um, the current one is, is a ghost. No one knows who he is, where he is. Yep. Uh, like, ha have we not been seeing this train wreck and is no one going to comment but John Worsfold, the sacked coach, like, come on, let's. And his comment that, is patience. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I'm not even interested in John Worsfold's comments anymore. He's sacked. Like, he's gone. He'll be gone in two weeks' time. Like, it's, it, I wish him all the best. I love that he's going back to his family in Perth. Thank you very much, John. You were the right coach. We've always said that. We've always said he was the right coach. I am just being very honest. Essendon is 2021. Like, it's, it, we've got to understand what this future is and where our future is getting told by a guy who the club let go and is leaving in two weeks. It can't be that. I'm sorry. And maybe that's the circuit breaker, Scotty. Exactly what you said. Maybe that's the circuit breaker. Maybe we go, John, thank you very much for your efforts. Now, after two weeks, it may be regarded as a little disrespectful to let John go and relieve him of his duties and let him go home, right? But that could be the, um, the circuit breaker that I'm talking about. Get truck in front of the cameras and go, okay, guys, um, we listened. We heard. We appreciate six out of seven is unacceptable. Six out of seven and an absolute shellacking in the last one that if Geelong didn't bench half their players and take their foot off the gas, could have been 100 points. It was heading that ugly direction, right? It was heading that when Melbourne were real bad and getting beaten by under Dean Bailey, getting beaten by 100 points. It was heading in that direction. There has to be a circuit breaker. This is what we're talking about. That from a fan's point of view, again, this is not because Scott and I are running for the board. This is not because Scott and I have a dog in the fight from the Essendon Football Club other than what we pay in our membership. 
we we just need to see a circuit breaker. And I'm terribly sorry if that means that Wush has got his nose out of joint because Truck goes, you know what, John, I'll take it from here. And he stands up in front of the media and he says, this is unacceptable. I have a plan. Trust me, Essendon supporters. I will do this for you and we will make this right. That, I know, mate, just, I will shut up I don't faster what, than you can blink. I don't get what they're doing. Like for uh, for a club that has been so emphasised from the saga and understandably on branding, yep. do they not know their brand at the moment is as low as can get? And, uh, and that's why I said uh, during the game, like – is there not an understanding that this generation of children not going to be following this club in I've 10 years' had. time? We're going to have – we go, you know, Carlton aren't a top four Victorian club. Do people understand that? Hawthorne no, is. Right. Richmond is. Collingwood yeah. is. Essendon's hanging by a thread. Uh, yep. Geelong maybe, realistically, if you want to, on and off field of, of professionalism, they've probably overtaken us. Yep. But – we're not going to be that club in 10 years. I hope people understand that. I had so many people tweet, tweet me saying, my kids have less Essendon. I'm not talking six and seven now of tweets of like, my kid have less Essendon, they've gone to Collingwood. Oh, they're going to St Kilda this year. They're going to, they're going to Richmond. We're losing. Like, we've got to sort it out. It's, it, I've never had so many people on Facebook say to me, Grant, I turned it off at half time. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. I don't want to watch it anymore. I won't be watching for the rest of the year. If they are listening at the club to this podcast, one thing I do actually want to say, when I when Scott and I say something along the lines of, I, if they are listening at the club to this podcast, we know that that happens, right? Please, Essendon Football Club Administration, we under no circumstances regard anything we just say as a threat or a anything along we're those not lines. We're not, we're not those calling for takeovers or anything like that. No, we're, we're just we're asking you to fix people. it. I'm sitting in my front room, Scott's sitting in his front room, um, and we're doing a dinky little podcast that a, a few people like, right? So don't don't think that for a split second. But when I say this, Essendon Football Club administrators, Australians, you've got two fervent 40-year-plus supporters who are hearing in bulk, bulk, from the supporters on the Facebook page and Essendon diehard supporters and the future of the club supporters coming through that this is not okay. And again, we've lost six out of seven and the last one by a real good distance. It's one season. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Right. I get that. But the accumulation of 15 years of not playing and winning a single final is now too much. It's now too much. Scott and I are raving off the top of our bloody heads on this podcast now because too much, it's too much. It's too late now. So trust me when we say this, Essendon administrators, there are play, there are people that we talk to, and by the way, this is not a threat. Um, <laughs> we're listening and we're listening to these um, supporters, of which we are too, that it's not okay anymore. It's just not. And we say it because we love the club so bloody much. No, well, that's, and we yeah. cannot stand to see this happening. No, well, that's, that's, that's the whole point. That's like... Uh, like I said before, we're not asking for takeovers or anything like that. We're, we're, I, I just, you know, I you just from afar, and and that's we can only speak from afar. We totally get that, but it doesn't feel like there's any realistic nature of what this club, where this club is at. It feels like we're just rolling along, uh, just mediocre. Just, just, oh, yep, okay. Well, we should be good next year, guys. Uh, and it's just, I, I hate it. I hate that that might be right. 
I hate that I, I sit there and I look each week and I, 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 if if we got Michael Hurley on this podcast, who's, who has a, he has to deal with monsters weekly, right? He has to deal with monster-sized humans weekly. People like, um, what's his face from Geelong? <clears throat> Excuse me. He has to deal with monsters on a daily basis. He gets hammered. He gets beat up with the whole nine yards, right? I bet you he'd say to us, yeah, you come out and see how hard it is to play on Tom Hawkins and ask me whether or not I'm putting in a lot of effort. But what I'm the point we're trying to make is that I have this distinct way down in the bottom of my bottom. I I have this real, real, and this makes me want to throw up by saying it that post the saga, you've 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 ruined the drive in the Essendon Football Club. The, the, there's something wrong with the drive. There's something wrong with the real gut running requirements to win a flag at the at the Dons, and we've got players that are I look lost a bit. They look lost. And what they're doing is they're turning up, they're doing their job. They're doing as good a job as they can do. And they're, they're trying hard. And then they go back to the hub and then they, they try to live their lives. That's my real serious worry is that we've got players that are just turning up doing a job because they realize something is seriously wrong at the club. And We've t- they don't want to go bloody to get traded to Frio for the last few years of their lives, so they're just turning up again. That is not any one particular player I'm talking about. It's just an example, but I I worry that the players have picked up on a culture problem at the club, and we're just going through the motions because that's what it looks like. We're just going through the motions because I don't know what the hell the motions are, but they're not clear to anybody else except when Wusha says we'll be very good very quickly. So. Yeah. Scotty, let's look. Clip, mate. No, okay, what we'll do, we, we'll just go to a break and do this second segment a little bit on clips. So uh, I wasn't, we weren't, we both weren't planning to do that intro. No, actually, seriously, you're right. <laughs> and I, then I it just came out to... of us because we just, the frustration came out of us and, and that's the way it is. We were passionate. I was just about to post on Facebook to say, uh oh, um, <laughs> Scotty and I had a chat before the podcast about how the, the, the cast was going to go. And it was going to be much different. It totally went different. The last 20 minutes totally <laughs> went different to what we said. But we're it's, going to speak mate, with passion. And oh, I'd rather be passionate about our club than not. So that's just be blunt. I'm looking at Scotty's um, Zoom picture background. And it's a picture of the hangar. Right? It's a picture of the hangar with a dirty, great big Essendon logo behind it. And it gets the hairs up on the back of my neck. It it, it just, it made, there's a little, little, little teak in the underderps, right? <laughs> It's it gets me going and I can't I, it pisses me off yeah. to see the club like this. I don't care if it's arrogance. I don't generally people might call it arrogant by saying not this club. I don't give a crap about other pissant clubs that that gonna finish at the bottom of the ladder. Don't care. Does not happen to Essendon. We are too good. We are too much of a brand, and it's the Essendon Footy Club. Damn it. We don't put up with this crap. We play better than what we are, and it, that's where we're at. So hey, how about that break, Scotty? Hey. <laughs> There we go. Angry man. I'm sorry, everybody. My, my, what a mess we've made. And welcome back to the lunchtime <laughs> catch up to the smooth, <laughs> the calm, smooth, calm town. 
Come sounds. sounds of the lunchtime catch-up podcast with Grant and Scott. Okay, okay. Let's let, let's. Scotty, what have we got next? Let's do what we actually said we we're going to do for the podcast. <laughs> so, look, I, I mean, obviously, Wusher had his press conferences, and 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 uh, let's let's at least first hear from Terry Wallace. You still have to ask the question about the Bombers when you get to a situation where Essendon gave up five goals, one behind from six entries inside at the start of the game and Geelong were kicking at 98% effective at that stage. So that's non-competitive. I mean, you can say anything about the game, but that's the start of a match where the opposition are using the ball so pure that you can't basically lay a glove on them and every time they go in, they're, they're scoring. So that, to me, that sort of cries out that something's not quite right. And uh, I keep going back to a couple of weeks ago when John Worsfold sort of told the world, he sort of said, yeah, we're kidding ourselves, us people in the media who are questioning them, because this is going to turn around. It's going to turn around really, really quickly. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't see it. And it will be fascinating to see which direction they go next. And uh, yeah, we might have been kidding ourselves to a degree, um, Dwayne, but you know, you've now got a senior coach who's making all the comments for a football club when he knows he's not going to be there. So he's not going to be held to account for those comments if he's working for another football club in 12 months' time. And, and you know what? Is he wrong? Was the single word of that wrong? That's a guy who's often asked by clubs to look for a coach. He's a senior coach. He's a former senior coach to several clubs. Uh, he has a lot of experience. And, you know, I, I, I heard that. And it was awkward, and I went. It's hard for me not to disagree with it. So, uh, yeah, I, it's it's he's one hundred percent right. Like I, I'd, I'd love to think, and I'd give Wusher the benefit of the doubt, is that he will fulfil his duties at the club faithfully and to the best of his ability for the next two weeks. I'd, I'll give him that um, that level of respect, absolutely. So but, yeah, uh, not to cut you off. Let's uh, Let's go do so. Ramanaskis is on RSN Radio with, okay, that, with cool, Adam, yep. Adam White. Um, let's let's see what his comments. Well, uh, the standout for me is when your season's on the line, and that's what you serve up. That's really disappointing for a football club. And Essendon's season was on the line. There was still a, a chance to to play finals football. Twelve goals to two at halftime, and it's all over. They just they didn't they didn't look like it. They absolutely didn't look like it. Um, they Geelong were left to do whatever they liked. Uh, Essendon at times really just they looked like witches hats. Um, the way Geelong were able to move the ball, the way they went into you know Essendon have been this fold back team uh, this year, but the amount of times that Geelong went into an open forward line was simply amazing. So they the Bombers weren't up for the fight and they copped their uh, their uh, right whack yeah. yesterday. Because they are they are prone to do this. Last year against the Western Bulldogs late in the season, they gave yep. up about 28 goals in a row um, where they were uncompetitive. Now they've put in that sort of similar sort of performance yesterday, as you said, with the season on the line um, because it looked like they'd checked out. Um, their season, they just checked out on their season. However, their season was still alive. So what does that say to that playing group? that that sort of performance is still happening or has the potential to still happen? Well, it probably says, it says to me that they lack resilience as a, as a squad. Uh, they lack um, a little bit of fight um, and, and probably lack a little bit of passion. 
uh, at, uh, with the way uh, they perform. So I think we could go. We can go as deep as we want into this whitey, but the, the reality is they're just not good enough at the moment. Oh, uh, I you look at a really important comment. Yeah. Right? And you look at the you look at um, for the last you can go all the way back to 2012. They've been around this part of the ladder for that long, and we're talking eight years now. They've been sort of seventh to twelfth, mm. and they're Worst and place they're to get stuck. what? That's right. And what's happened to Whitey is their percentage is a real indicator. Absolutely, uh, percentage is a real indicator for the team. And if you look at Essendon's percentage right now, it's eighty-two point nine, and they're sitting in eleventh spot. So when they win, it's a close win. When they lose, they get slaughtered. And yesterday was was simply that. So um, that's it's difficult when you watch the Bombers at the moment because you simply don't know what's going to turn up with regard to effort. And that's that's a, it's hard it's hard to say. I'd never ever question any AFL footballer's effort out on a field or want to play, but I don't know as a as an Essendon supporter what they're going to turn up with. And that's that's Adam uh, Ramanaskis, folks. That's Adam Ramanaskis. That's not Kane Corns. That's just that's a play, yeah, it's not forget, that's a, that's a player like manager and manages some of our players. You know, that's that's as honest that's as a, it gets. That's a big one. That's uh, big for me. And, and look, you know, I, I'm not like pouring it on, but I, I definitely want to. The reason I'm doing this is this. This is not just us as a podcast that has really um, grave concerns. Uh, it, it, I, you can hear it in his voice, uh, and, and you know, l- let's go to, to Matthew Lloyd. Um, this was him today. That was as bad a half of football as you'll see. 12 goals to two, smashed in disposals. That Look, how do you give a team 60 marks? You try and keep a team to under 80 marks, and they've given 60 marks to Geelong in the first half and then out-tackled. The Bombers have got no respect in this competition anymore, and that hurts me to say that from where I'm, I'm at, Damo, and, and where my heart is as an Essendon person. But who are they? What's their brand? What do they stand for? They've become a bit of a, a laughing stock of this competition. It really hurts me to say that. Because I look it down and, you know, since round six they've beaten Adelaide, Hawthorne and drawn with the Suns. Smashed by Brisbane. Um, smashed by the Western Bulldogs. Smashed by St Kilda. Smashed by Geelong. And then they've lost to Richmond, GWS and West Coast. So they just don't beat anybody of note, Damo. And I think mm. it's just becoming really tiring for, for Essendon people um, who have waited and been patient for a long time. And yet you hear John Worsfold yesterday say, you know, we're three pre-seasons off Geelong. No, you're not, John. You, you've, you've, your team has been nowhere for so long. Why, why keep making those excuses? Put your hand up and say, we've got so, so far to get. And, you know, I look at Port Adelaide, I look at Brisbane. You know, they're all said enough's enough over the years and they've got somewhere, whereas Essendon seem to wallow in mediocrity time and mm. time again. There's a time and the place, and that, that wasn't the time for that. You know? And the question is being asked, are they bringing another Richard Rutten and Carousella bringing another Richmond idea where Jack Higgins tells a joke at halftime? You're not Richmond, you're the Essendon Football Club, and you know, we, we used to have a great identity at that club, uh, and that all has been lost, so it's time you know, that they get their act together, both off the field and on the field, to try and right the wrongs because it's, it's becoming really tiresome. Uh Damn man, that's that says it all right there. I mean, they, they, no, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that back. that was a thing. I, I, so I didn't realize the joke at halftime 
from Higgins was a thing. Was that a was that a thing? Yeah, it is that? something that Richmond actually did to to get them lightened up, like at ease. So they felt like they played better when they were relaxed. Okay, cool. Do you know what? Do you know when that's a not a bad idea? When you're winning premierships, <laughs> when you're beating everybody left and right. You can have a joke at halftime because it loosens you up for the second half because you've got Rewild, Caddy, bloody um, Lynch and all these guys and Dusty in the side kicking rear ends and, and having a joke at halftime is fine. When you're being pumped by 10 goals, how about you don't have a joke? How about Dyson Heppel walks into the middle of the huddle, starts poking blokes in the chest and says, lift. Uh, it's funny how it's funny. It- there was so many different opinions on this and, and like some Essendon fans, like I tweeted that photo out on, so on behalf of our podcast. So that's me, by the way. So uh, a lot of people obviously liked it and agreed, but I got a lot of kickback saying I'm way overreacting. Um, that's, you know, they played better the second half. It obviously had an effect. No, they did not. But I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I'm going to take out, you know, I, I'm going to just, leave the emotion of should it should they do it or not. I'm actually going to take that out. What the concern is for me is actually that it's a dedicated Richmond process. And are we that cringeworthy to, to go that far into copying a club that we're now telling a guy, you know, do what a Jack, do what Jack Higgins does at, at halftime and tell a joke. And like, I, I agree with Lordy on that aspect alone is that, can we just create our own identity, please? Mm. Uh, uh, look in the scheme of things, it's not, you know, I, I've thought about it more and more and more and the emotions kind of died down. It's I get, if I had a one to 10 of the importance of, of things that I think needs to be talked about at the club. Yeah. It's last. And that's just, you know, it, it's not on my big radar. Um, but I think the the copying Richmond part is a little bit on my radar, and having our not having our own identity is a little bit more on the symbolic part where I I, I have issue with. Um, I'm going to go on to the next one because it, and this is Tim Watson. Uh, so that, that's why it's funny, like Ramanaskis to Lloyd to Tim Watson. These aren't small names. Yeah, no, no. These yeah. are <laughs> these guys that have played. They didn't play 30 games and then you never heard of them again, right? <laughs> they played 200 plus games. They are, they know everybody, they know the club. And they also, like Lloydie, it would be hurting bad. It would be really hurting. Yeah, it's hurting. Yep. It's hurting those guys to say that they have no respect because Matthew Lloyd and Adam Ramanaskis and, and those guys that came before bloody well earned that um, respect. And we, we haven't got it. And to hear Lloydie Matt sort of say that we're just, Turning up and well, and, like cutting us a laughing stop, and that's that's yeah. that's not. You know, it's but you, not you fun can to also hear. hear it in his voice too. Like sometimes yeah. when you when you get into the media from an AFL club, you're paid to be controversial, right? You're paid to make statements like that so that you get clicks and and all that sort of crap. All of but you can hear it in Lloyd's voice, right? You could hear it in Rammer's voice. Then that wasn't about getting clicks on a on a web page. That was what they're looking at and what they're seeing. And somebody like Adam Ramanaskis too has to take into account that he manages some of those guys. So if he's starting to rubbish the club, imagine if I don't know Grant Hill was playing on a on a um, forward pocket 
That would be hilarious. But if Grant Hill was playing in a forward pocket and he heard his manager say such bad things about the club that he's playing at, you'd yeah, be yeah. thinking, well, what am I playing here for, Rama? Like, <laughs> why'd you, mate, go, why'd you get me a deal is, here? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. West Coast need a, need a centre-half forward or something? I, I wouldn't yeah, get over there. So for Rama to say it, it's big because he's a, he's a legend of the club and he's going to be managing players as well. So let's get to that next clip. All right. So this is uh, Tim Watson discussing, uh, I think initially he's discussing the Worsfold press conference. Am I buying that? No, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that on what I've seen this year and what I've seen over the last few years. And for me, having watched Essen closely and notwithstanding the challenges that John had when he first arrived there, they're just not a competitive enough side for long enough. Like the baseline for Sydney is something that we all marvel at and week in, week out, that's what they achieve. Essendon don't have an established baseline of contested football. When you go back to this whole period of time that John's been there as a coach, they haven't been able to establish that. And, and what I'm most surprised about is Essendon's lack of personality as a team under him. I thought that what you would get, in essence, when he became coach was because we saw the way that he played, there'd be some aggression, competitive, uncompromising unit. Yeah, they'd attack and they'd play that attacking football, but Essendon would be hard to play against. There'd been anything but hard to play against over that period of time. Look, I think his greatest failure as a coach in his time at Essendon, and he's been a premiership coach, and I'm not saying that he can't coach, I'm not saying that at all, but for me, it's been his inability to be able to produce anything that recognises consistency and that's the number one thing you can have you can have the greatest you know you, you all your ball movement stuff is fine okay and everyone at some point of time in a game of football when you're playing against an opposition the pressure doesn't come at you and you can show all those beautiful parts of the game where you move the ball that's fine everyone gets their moment to do that but we for whatever reason in a period of time, we haven't been able to establish that. And that is the baseline, as far as I'm concerned, when you play this game of football. You've got to be able to turn up and play and compete and have players that are capable of making the right decisions around the ball. If you stop and watch that game yesterday against Geelong. Geelong instinctively come off their man at the right time to outnumber the opposition of the ball, to support the player that has the ball, to create an opportunity to be somebody to actually shift the ball to. That's what you do as a team. I'm not seeing that in the way that Essendon play. And I can't believe that this is so complicated. This game plan is so complicated that they can't, get the players to understand what it is that they're required to do when they go out there and play. <laughs> that last, the last five or six uh, words that he said is big for me. Mm. Yeah. It's like every week you, you hear game plan, game plan, game plan, game plan. And then inside of a minute, inside of a minute, it's forgotten about. It's and they're kicking down. across yeah. their shoulders and they're snapshotting and they're bombing. It just gets forgotten. No. And, and, I agree with Rama and and Tim on that. Look, a first quarter, you just cannot put out that kind of. You, I get the five day break and I get the three day, so the three games in eleven days. But you cannot tell me that a first fifteen minutes of a of of the first quarter of a five day break that you don't have some energy, and 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 to see 
six forward entries for five goals, one a ninety eight percent disposal efficiency by Geelong, which basically means you're not even on the field. No, it, it means they haven't just, had to deal with you. Yes, they they literally haven't had to deal with an opposition player. That that's the concern, and it's again like we said, it's our thirteenth first quarter where we haven't led after. After 15 games. Uh, but haven't even been competitive in the first quarters either. No, it, 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 it's a whole lot of range of things. When you're talking about coaching, you you do have to have a question to truck if you're being completely honest and say you're the game day coach. How can you have a group of 22 men come out 13 out of 15 times not prepared to play um, and, and have to play catch up from quarter time? Uh, and I, I think that's a very real question because the data says it's that's what's happening. Uh, it's no way I, I can see around it, you know. And is there is the the game? What is the game plan for a start off? Right? What is it? And secondly, is it so complicated and so high risk that at the very moment an Essendon player gets like a, a lot of pressure, or the moment the moment we're under pressure as a club? the players forget whatever game plan it is that you're trying to achieve and they go back to just hoiking it down the line, mm. hooking it across their, yeeting it across their shoulders and just, and forgetting about it. Because inside of five minutes, every of the six out of the last seven games, every inside of five minutes, you see just Dylan getting the ball out of the center, taking two steps and just going bomb down into the forward line. And we're booting it down the, the wing again just to a pack. And the amount of times that the person that the, you're kicking it down there to is Marty Gleason, or is Waller or is not Marty Gleason. He's <laughs> Sorry, the back I was going to say, I don't think it's Marty Gleeson. Like, I'm trying to, to point out like it's Walla or it's um, Mozzie, Dyson right? yeah, Heppel yeah, yeah. or somebody like that. And you, seriously, is that it? Is that what we're playing? The depth, kick down the line to a pack. Why? Because we've got the greatest rovers in recorded history and that every time there's a contest, we burst away from it? No. So what yeah. are we doing? And, and you know what? Obviously, Joe Watson can't can't commentate too much with emotion, but uh, take it from me, his comment late in the second quarter when you watch it, when he talked about uh, the boys playing way too safe, even though they're 10 goals behind. Um, and obviously it was a play. We kind of moved the ball, ball two or three times sideways. It was just going nowhere. So we played with no dare, even though we're so far behind. Yeah. We have to play with dare. It was a, it was an interesting kind of comment by, by Job. And, and, and you know what? I, I didn't realize with contested footy, we're 18th in the competition with contested yeah, that's, footy. That's not okay. And, and that's, that should be a statistic. Worsfold should not be overly proud of uh, because it, you, it's just not a, a a stat you want to be last on <laughs> because we haven't got skillful need, players, so we need to win the ball. Uh, I understand we, that we need a – everybody keeps saying we need a big-bodied mid. I understand that, right? And maybe we do. We've got a lot of players that are the same size. We've got – McGrath and Zerrett and Shield and, and those guys Parish, that are the yeah. same size. We need a big body in the middle. But under no circumstances should that lineup, Parrish, Langford, Shield, Smith, Heppel, um, the whole nine yards through there, should we be 18th in contested football? There's something wrong there. 
Uh, and I think, again, I've, I've seen a, a dozen times Essendon players, when there's a pack forming, Essendon players don't go and get the ball. It almost seems to me like they're thinking we'll surround the player with the ball and then when he picks up the ball, we'll tackle him. And then it's as good as us getting the ball anyway because why go and get the ball when you'll get probably tackled and then you'll have to give the ball up? Why yeah. don't you let them get the ball? It's almost like rucking to the opposition ruckman. Wait for them to get the ball and then tackle them and then hopefully we get it back from there. I I see that sometimes and just wonder why aren't you going after the ball? Why are you going after the man that has the ball? I, I don't understand. 18th, that's a damning stat. So uh, I know this is not the happiest um, podcast. I'm sorry, but I mean, what else? Is... What, 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 what else can we say, Scotty? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just to finish off the segment, um, here's Rowan Conley from Footyology. Obviously, Rowan now. Can, can split fans. He, he, has, he can say it very, very boldly and passionately about what he thinks. He will never hold back. And I actually admire him for that. He's a mad Essendon fan. And knowledge just dripping out of the man. Like this yeah. is a bloke that knows football and knows the Essendon Football Club backwards. Oh, yeah. When we did our 80s and 90s series, it was oh. insane the private chats we had with him about what he oh, knew. Oh, man. And um, yeah. So the knowledge is insane. But he is, he is, he does speak very boldly. So I know some people are probably going to block their ears and some people are going to embrace it. But uh, this is what he had to say. Now, I thought this was a pretty bloody insipid effort from Essendon and uh, certainly removed any pretense to them ever having had finals claims. And to be perfectly frank, this season has been an absolute car crash. They've won six games. Five of those six wins have come against the bottom five sides on the ladder, and none of their six wins have been by any more than 16 points. That's about as ordinary winning form as you can get, and, of course, they've now lost far more than they have won. They are in enormous trouble They've topped up with players who uh, don't have enough around them to get anywhere close to even a top four spot, let alone a flag. They are going to have to start to rebuild from the bottom up. Yes, I've talked about this before. Why am I saying it again? Because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Essendon has a club, has the wherewithal or the guts to admit that they have overjudged this list big time and need to start again. That will be to their cost, trust me, because it will sentence them to yet more years of mediocrity in a stint of mediocrity, which has now been going two decades. <laughs> I love, I Cheer love up, the bloke. Everyone. Seriously, I love the bloke. I mean, it's just that it calls a, shave, a, a spade a dirty great big shovel. And again, pr- pr- prove him wrong. Like, <laughs> tell me where he's wrong. If he's too passionate, I'll, I'll okay, fine. Too, I've been accused of that hell of a lot. But you tell me where he's wrong. Mm. And I, oh man, if, if, if we have to rebuild, and I will be gutted, utterly gutted. But again, maybe we, maybe Look, we're jumping I, I, the gun there. I'm not sure that's the case. I, I, but I do think there has to be a correction of the list. I, and there's too many good players under 25 right for a rebuild. So, uh, yeah. like Parish, Langford, McGrath, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, Ridley. You know, they, there's obviously talent there. So, but I think there's a, I think there's a mini rebuild. I do because I, I don't, don't think we've got a balanced list, and I don't think we've got a cohesive list. 
Uh, I've been saying that for a long, long time. And, I, you know, I, I know sometimes I get shouted down, but I keep seeing these performances. So I, I don't know. It'd be a fair. It'd be a fair little, um, little easy out for the coaching staff Ooh, to, yeah. to say, oh, "Look, oh, look I we, we, we may agree rebuild. with it, but don't forget, a lot of fans would be absolutely in uproar if they announce a rebuild." <laughs> so I don't. No, but uh, I mean, yeah. I guess it's uh, this is the thing: is that we the the coaches are paid to make a team like that cohesive. There's enough talent in our midfield, and look, I think we narrow it down to our midfield. There's there's enough talent in our midfield not to be able to perform like we have been over the last seven weeks, right? So it's not like we've got... But is there enough no talent play. in... Is it, uh, Can I ask a genuine question? Is yeah. there enough talent in that midfield, though, that realistically will be a top five midfield? No, 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 no. no. I, I, I appreciate that, right? I, I absolutely appreciate that. But the question back to you is, is there enough talent in that Should side... Should they play better? Yes. <laughs> to play better than... No, but to play significantly better than what we're showing. Uh Oh yeah, for sure. From like from yesterday, yeah, that that, that will that witches hat. So it's cool. And just, to, play just to, to follow up, a quick follow up for you. They're all old enough and big enough and ugly enough to play proper AFL football. We don't have a first year rookie midfielder in the in like three of them or something like that. We've got Sheila's been around, Smith, Heppel, yeah. Parrish, Langford. Three years in the system or more. Yeah, three or three odd years in the system or more. Why aren't they performing? Now that opens up a whole different uh, can, uh, can of worms in that they're not being they're not being um, progressed. Um, as players I, I, at the club. I think the key with me is why aren't they developing their decision making and skills um, that 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 helps with the ball movement that they want the coaches you know the coaches themselves want us to play. Uh, you've got to develop that first because I, I don't see. A consistent, I, you see little glimpses, but I don't see a consistent form line that tells me they they can week in week out um, comprehensively move the ball well and and, and make good decisions. And who's responsible for that? Well, I guess it's. Uh, Do you say a bit of both? Yeah, I'd say 60-40. It's 60-40. Yeah. No, sorry, let me rephrase. Forty sixty. It's forty percent the coaching, and then the players have actually got to do it right. There's enough talent, raw talent, paper talent on the on the park to do better than they are. So is there a lot of that 40% of the coaching staff not being able to get their message across or the players ignoring the message or not buying into the message or the message being so complicated that it's dropped at the first sign of trouble? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, or rhetorically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. Look. Let's go to an ad. We'll go to our sponsor after our ad. Um, We've got sponsors, Scotty. We've got sponsors. I wonder if they'll be happy about this show. <laughs> yes. We better plug them. Uh, so, yep. look, we'll, we'll talk. We'll see you after the ad. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, Scotty, we've got sponsors, mate. Well, when I say sponsors, we've got a sponsor that helps us keep this little dinky podcast on the air. It cheers us up. <laughs> yeah, it does. It cheers us up. There's Steve and the, and the boys. Now, I'm talking about speaking finance, right? Speaking finance, Steve and the boys down at uh, Speaking Finance are finance brokers. They specialize in personal and business loans. 
Now then, if you're looking for, say, I don't know, a new car, something to finance, um, and you uh, something to buy, and you want to finance that item, Steve and his team down there at Speaking Finance can help you um, with the paperwork to get a new loan for that item. Now, I don't know, maybe maybe you're a tradie, um, you want to get some new plant, you want to get a new ute, I'm going to buy a new ute. Um, as soon as this Uncle Dan has got us sorted a little bit better inside of two weeks, and we can leave the house for a whole two hours. Um, I'm going to give Steve and the guys a call because I'm going to buy myself a dirty ute. Um, I want to buy one of those. So I will be talking to Steve and the guys down there to help me um, with uh, um, obtaining a loan for that thing. So um, whether it's uh, the founder, Steve, um, or one of his finance or all mortgage brokers for that matter, um, they're mad Essendon um, supporters. Um, they love the Dons. If you want to talk to those guys at Speaking Finance, um, you can get hold of them on their Facebook page. Um, they reply really quickly to that Facebook page. You can also get them at speakingfinance.com.au. Um, they'd be more than happy to discuss um, business loans, mortgage loans, finance in general, um, or whether or not, in fact, we think we're going to get pumped again next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you want to go all all Richmond like and and uh, and uh, get a get a trailer and do a whole manure and dump it in front of the club, speak to Speaking Finance. For you. <laughs> so you might be able to get your loan <laughs> for your um, trailer. Yes, yeah, so, uh. <laughs> <laughs> get your loan for the trailer to actually go down there. No, I'm thinking as opposed to um, uh, COVID. <laughs> Um, demonstrations that we might all just head down to Tullamarine and just start waving bomber flags and see if the cops bust that up as well. So, uh, yes, speaking finance. So um, a massive thank you. Steve and his team down there at um, Speaking Finance, um, they can absolutely help you. Like I said, I'll be doing it as soon as we can uh, get out and start looking at cars and stuff again. Um, I'll be talking to those guys. They're they're great down there. They've um, they've, uh, jumped on as a sponsor this year and we really appreciate it. So, have a chat to Steve. Tell him uh, that Scotty and I sent you from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. It'll get you absolutely nothing else. Um, no more discounts or anything. Um, if you meet up with Steve, you might buy you a coffee. Um, but uh, get down there, speakingfinance.com.au or their Facebook page. Yeah, the Facebook page, uh, Steve tells me, is definitely the best way of contacting them. So yep. uh, just post a message. They'll get back to you straight away. Steve's a great guy. So uh, cool. uh, thank you to the guys at Speaking Finance. Look, we'll we'll wrap things up here. Uh, it it's been a it hasn't been the funnest show. We've been try we'll try to sort of communicate where we're at. What we what we want to do as a podcast is be authentic and and be uh, a proper fan podcast. It's not going to be all smooth. It's not going to be all um, careful and, and and we want to make it as raw as we can. And say hey, because I I honestly sometimes with before these shows. Don't talk to Grant so there's a bit more authentic conversation uh, on the podcast because I generally ask him a question. So what do you think about it? he doesn't he didn't hear one of those clips that I made today. He yep. and I said, No, no, you'll hear it for the first time. I want to get your reaction. Uh, and that makes for better podcasts. And you know, uh, we hopefully you can at least get something authentic uh, as a as an fan podcast. We never claim to be a club website or sorry, club no, podcast. No way. We're, we're, we're fans. We're, we are frustrated. Uh, we try to be optimistic. We, you know, you can even see in the last few weeks we've tried to get as much optimism out of any moments we can with Joe and, and the Hawks and the West coast game. We're trying, but at some point, uh, it gets frustrating finishing 12th and 13th. And, and and you know what's frustrating as well, mate, from that that fan point of view as well, is that, and I don't know if this is a realistic expectation or not, 
but I sit here and I want the club to demonstrate that they feel the same about the performances that we do. Yeah. I know that I know that it's a it's a business for um it is also run as a business. I appreciate that. And it's we're doing really well as a club business-wise, right? I appreciate that. But there has to be some connection between us and the clubs, the way we're both feeling. Now I'd also don't want the club to come out and go and burst into tears on national television and say, sorry. It's just that would be utterly ridiculous, right? Just but just say, hey guys, we know we know it's not good enough. We're gonna we're taking we are taking it serious. Uh, we're gonna do a full review to make sure as fans and members and stakeholders that we're doing everything possible to correct this wrong. Yeah, I, I, that's it. That. That's it, man. That's that's all we need to do. And I like I, I and then do something about it, right? Then keep us up to date with it and go. Whatever needs to happen over the next two weeks, sure, it's two weeks, and who cares? And I, I can tell you what will happen is that nothing will happen over the next two weeks. Right? Like, I bet you a million bucks. There's going to be no circuit breaker to arrest the performances. <laughs> wouldn't even su- if we wouldn't surprise week. me if we be Port Adelaide just because we're that weird kind of club. But yeah. oh, and, and this is the thing: the, the circuit breaker may be that we beat Port by five goals. Right? Even if we do. I'm sorry. That last week, this Nothing week's performance much, yeah. Yeah, it's not to me much. just says no, no, no. That's a, that's a complete fluke. Then, right? For whatever reason, that was a complete fluke. Um, but the, yeah, I, what will happen is that they will do their review behind closed doors, and that's fine. And they they're well within their rights to do that. They don't owe me or you um, or the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast any bloody um, uh, anything other than to put on the club and put on performances. But it's just, it's really obvious now that the Jekyll and Hyde nature of the club has got to a point where the Hyde character is not a big scary monster that comes and eats people. Yes. The Hyde character is a little tiny baby lamb and we're going to get hammered week in, week out. And all that good work you did post the saga and all that good work to maintain membership and grow membership, that's going to take a hit, man. It's going to take a hit in a big way. So... Uh, I look, hope, I, um, they, they do something. Look, I, I, I don't want to leave the podcast without um, giving our sincere best to Mozzie, who obviously is going to be out. 2020 can just bugger all the way off. Seriously, yeah. he can bugger off. I just, <laughs> I mean, any part of happiness that, that we've got kid. this year, I'm just, it's just crushing. It really was like, I, it, you knew it's happened, but even when the club posted it, I was like, man, I, I, I am so flat. Um, and it was this was a hard podcast. I hope people can hear it in our voice. But I look first and foremost, we just wish him all the best. Like we just absolutely, you know, just yeah. Obviously, a spec- spectacular, nice guy um, with the best smile you'd ever want to see. And I'm hoping just starting his career. Yeah. So we wish him all the best. Um, uh, just a, a, an odd note today: uh, Con McKenna did play the scratch match. Just so people know. Um, Played the Very whole, interesting. Played the again whole. another another thing that you don't know anything about from the club. Yeah, no, you don't know. Like he played about. in the scratch match. Does that mean he's available for next week? Has he been injured for the last few weeks? No, and we've all no. been bagging him. And no, 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 no. So, no. just not what? selected. It's just, okay, all right, it makes makes zero sense again. Uh, uh, but he did play the whole game in the midfield and start. So, um. And apparently his skill and decision but, making was on point. So, but, but it again, is, it he is ain't a the solution. Match. No, no, no. Uh, so uh, I thought I'd just 
let people know that. Uh, besides that, thank you to all our Patreons uh, for all your Yes, indeed. So, Patreons. Now, we've got a couple of newies, Scott. Shout out to the newies. Um, they are, as I click the right button on my phone. Now, this right. has got to be close to the hardest name I've ever had to pronounce. <sighs> Jason, mate, you know who you are. Jason. Whoa, there's a C in there that's confusing me. <laughs> oh, Lordy. In fact, that could be a made up name. Ozik. 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 Yes. Ozzy. Yep. We're going to go with Jason Ozik. Love it. It's a uh, freaky name and I love it. And uh, also, uh, Brenton joined. Uh, thank you, Brenton. Uh, thank you, Brenton, for joining up. Uh, um, ruler. Shane Rule, um, S-A-S-H-A-Y-N-E, like that. Shane Rule. Adrian, just Adrian. Morris Caraba. <laughs> That's the, close to the coolest name. Maurice, Morris, Maurice. Caruba, Caraba. Great name, love it. Brad O-O-O-O-O-Brian. Emmeline Williams, Blake, Jeremy, the Birdman Burton. Jeremy, again, close to the best name. Jeremy Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Um, Neville White, Mark Douglas Wardlaw, Sancho Butiani. That's close again to the best name in the co- in the in the group. Simon Witty, Brendan, Keith Crawford, and the list goes on. The list goes on. Thank you very much to all our Patreons for joining up. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll have our next show. The game is on Saturday uh, against Port Adelaide. Yay! <laughs> we look forward to that. So the team will come out on Friday. So our next show will be on Friday with the team changes. Friday, uh, not Thursday, but Friday. Tomorrow we are going to do a big launch of <gasps> our, our, yes, our, Scotty. our biggest ever show. Uh, do, yes. we, do we say who it is? Do we? Or do we oh. wait till tomorrow? Ooh. Oh, the tease. Oh, no. we'll wait till tomorrow. We'll wait till tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. We'll wait till tomorrow. This, this now, this will get me up and about, right? This has been Grumpy Grant podcast, right? But this will get me all up and about. These are five. Did we, we secure five. five, yeah? Yeah, five. Five of uh, the biggest names from the Essendon 2000 Premiership are going to be on the podcast. Um, one, one name we will give away because he's a legend and we love him at the, at the podcast Rowan Connolly is going to be joining us. He's not a premiership player. No. Sorry? He's not a premiership player, but yes. If no, Rowan he's not a premiership player, but uh, I bet you he had a decent right boot in his day. Um, Rowan Connolly is going to help us facilitate or uh, or gather the uh, the stars, as we like to say, gather the stars into one of the biggest podcasts you're ever likely to see on the 17th of September. Scotty and I couldn't possibly be more happy. So look for the socials tomorrow and we will be, re- we will be releasing the details on that. Yeah. It'll be a, a full year in review of the most successful year in club history, history. and AFL history. So uh, I was going to say, right, right, it'll be, be uh, a, a zoom round ever. table of just having a great chat and talking about a magical year and going through the year. So we, Mate, that, that'll be, that'll, that'll get me back up and about again, as much that, as the, Performances are killing me at the moment. That will get me up and about. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, This is the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast signing off. See you guys.